Austin is a, a city known for some incredible kind of rock, folk, and country-oriented performers who we feature often here on the show. However, my special guest today has been drawing the ears of R&B and pop fans thanks to some funky grooves and her undeniable vocal skills. She released her EP Honesty in March, which is a stunning introduction to her positive vibes and uplifting melodies and soulful singing. I am really excited to learn more today about this singer who is coming in hot to the Texas music scene, Cassandra Elise. Welcome to Notably Texan. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this has been going so fast. I just found out about your music like a month ago or something. <laughs> you sent in the album. You, I think, are, are kind of like a lot of artists who are, you know, just putting something out. You're like, well, gosh, you know, I hope hope that you'll pay attention to what I'm doing here. Yeah. And I, I uh, you know, got the album and was kind of blown away and was like, are you kidding? You're going to have to stop me from playing this stuff. So uh, we quickly lined up an interview. I'm excited to learn more about you today. I appreciate you coming all the way to Commerce. Thank you so much. No, I'm excited to be here. And I I was so thrilled because you responded so quickly when I sent it over. <laughs> I was really nervous. You know, whenever you send stuff out, you always think, oh, I hope this doesn't bother them. You know, that kind of right. thing. But you responded so quickly, so oh, positive. Well, hey, that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. It's just, it's hard to find human beings who are doing radio anymore. That's uh, true, yeah. You're going to face a lot of, uh, if not rejection, just kind of... Uh, you know, silence from a lot of these stations who who never re- really return the call, if you will. Right. So uh, there's got to be somebody out there who's who's helping artists get their uh, get their music going, and I'm happy to be a part of that. So, uh, Cassandra, how far back in your life can you kind of trace your passion for music? I've really I've loved singing since the youngest, earliest times I can think of, and I think that my family would definitely say that they agree with that because they were annoyed <laughs> by me. Well. I would say my brother, he did his best to tolerate it. But I know that for a while there he was going, okay, it's all right. She has a passion. I'm just going to close my door and put on my headphones. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's yeah. siblings for you. you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, since since I was able to sing, I've been singing. And uh, progressively, I think I've gotten a little better over time. So hopefully it's... <laughs> I, I would dare say so, but I didn't hear you early on, so you never know. I mean, I, I have, uh, you know, memories of, of being a little kid. And I remember, you know, my mom, you know, encouraging me to get up on the... Stand up on the bed and sing some stupid song that was hot when I was a little boy. Yeah. So, I mean, was there like a song that you remember being like, you know, the fir- this first song that just kind of set you off? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was really obsessed with um I, I went in phases but for a while there i loved cindy lopper okay and i yeah. wanted to do girls just want to have fun all the time sure. <laughs> which you know everyone had heard a million times but they tolerated it they took it so. absolutely okay fine you did it i, I think mine was uh, for whatever reason was i guess it was debbie boone you light up my life for whatever reason that was what i as a kid would stand up and sing a lot oh yeah not even in my register i don't know what i was doing I gave up my singing career uh, way back then, uh, and the world can and thank me now for that. But uh, anyway, have you uh, have you lived in Austin all your life? Actually, yeah, I grew up in Austin. Uh, my family moved there when I was, I think, maybe two years old. Lived there through college, basically. I took I lived one year in Dallas, and then after college, I worked on a cruise ship. And then I lived in L.A. for a short period of time, but I missed Austin, so I came back. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of cool to know because L.A. has a huge draw, of course, but uh, there's a lot of competition to, <laughs> to get anything done there, right? Yeah. And I do. I love L.A. I love all of the uh, diversity of music there, but there's this kind of 
family vibe when it comes to the music scene in Austin that I really missed. I missed that people are super open and accepting and they just want to love everything. You know, they go into it with that mentality of I'm ready to love it already, you know, which is so nice to have. We take it for granted a little bit being here. I'm a native of of Texas as well. So I'm just kind of used to people being that way. People being nicer, if you will, and a little more uh, accepting of of what uh, people, uh, you know, do. So so as a native there, you've, I guess, seen a lot of changes in the city uh, through your lifetime, huh? Definitely, yeah. And I I know for a lot of people it's really frustrating because the traffic's gotten crazier and we're still trying to adjust to a lot of these changes as we kind of, you know, get much, much bigger as a city. But in my mind, I just think, well, that means the music scene's going to just get bigger and more sure. diverse and more exciting. So for me, that's been really fun to watch the music scene just get bigger and crazier and more people and more visions. You know, I think we're all um, a little jaded from our own, you know, perspective and where we live and everything because I have a lot of Austin folks come in here and I'll talk to them about, uh, you know, gosh, you guys, you got uh, ACL coming up or something like that and everybody always groans because yeah. they're like, oh, this is the worst time to be in Austin. That's when I get out of there is when they do the festivals. Uh, so I and I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong, that I've been I've been told that the city is full and can't hold any more aspiring musicians or singers. Is that true? I, oh my <laughs> I'm <just> gosh! Kidding. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I, <laughs> it is really hard to get around, <laughs> and we're all definitely kind of butting heads trying to fill that space. But yes. If you know venues and people will open their hearts up and feel like they really want to give musicians the due and the hours and the pay, then I think there's room for more. Oh, of course there is. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to have uh, diversity uh, to. You know, I mean, that's what uh, gets artists like you, like Cassandra Elise, putting out the incredible music that you're doing. Because uh, honestly, I don't get albums like yours coming in here out of Austin or really out of Texas at all. So, I mean, to me, that's what Austin is all about, is having all of these, this different stuff going on there and uh, not just the same old cookie cutter uh, junk coming out all the time. It's, it's unique uh, albums like yours. And we're going to listen to some of Cassandra's music here coming up if you haven't caught it yet on the program. And uh, she's Cassandra Elise, if you uh, missed the introduction. She's in from Austin today. And your interest in becoming a performer, I think, goes pretty far back. But uh, you, I've, I've, you've been pretty public about this, that you had a lot of people who tried to convince you that you couldn't become a famous singer because of a birth defect in your hand. And this is one of these things that uh, some people are horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Definitely, yeah. And so just want to get that out there. You know, that's the moral of the interview is that people are horrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no but people, uh, you know always treat uh, any anything that's different, uh, they, they tend to say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's never going to work. So, I mean, you've yeah. been pretty open about this, though, right? Definitely, yeah. And I, I know that sometimes it kind of affects me more than others. Sometimes it's just, you know, water off my back. I don't even notice it, just whatever. But um, I try to keep in mind when people have this you-can't-do attitude, it's usually more of a self-reflection than it is on act- on you, right? It's more about they think that they wouldn't be able to in your position. And that's what the song Teach You on the album is actually about, is this interaction I had with a, when I was working retail, I had a customer come in who, um, while I was ringing him up, he said, oh, what happened to your hand? And I said, oh, I was born that way. And I kept ringing him up. And he goes, well, that's really unfortunate for you. And I had this you know, half second where my brain kind of exploded in a million <laughs> sure. different directions. Um, and I decided that, you know, instead of yelling at him or saying nothing, I didn't feel like either of those were what I wanted to do, especially since I was at work. Right? Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Um, I just, you know, I set his stuff down and I said, hey, uh, I want you to think for a second what that sounds like to me. 
And I said, that doesn't sound very nice. If I said something about you, the way you were as a person you were born is unfortunate, your feelings would be hurt. And I didn't honestly expect it to work, but I wanted to do something. And he, um, he just walked out of the store. But he came back 20 minutes later. Really? Yeah, he did. And he said, I went out to my car and I thought about it and I'm so embarrassed. And I didn't think when it was coming out of my mouth what that would sound like to you. And we had a really good conversation from it. Nice. Yeah. And it really helped me see, too, that a lot of times people are just, you know, they're off the cuff. They're not thinking about right. how that might feel to me just trying to get about my days. So Well, good for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, No, I agree. You know, it's really pitiful that, uh, that, that anyone <laughs> would ever try to steer you away from something that you want to do just because of something that's out of your control and, and obviously you know, has no bearing on, on your ability as a, uh, as a singer and a performer. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of a shame. And I guess that's, uh, what I'm trying to do ultimately is shame the people that did that to you, even though they're not <laughs> listening right now. And, uh, I hope that you can kind of, in, at least in the back of your mind, kind of, uh, look back at these people who were the naysayers and be like, you know, look what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't need your okay to be able to do what I'm passionate about. Definitely. And it makes for good song material now. So it's all, you know, it's all Absolutely. in the past. <laughs> Honestly, no, I mean, your story is, is inspirational and kind of stands as a, as a shining beacon in the dark times that we're in. So I appreciate you opening up about that. I'm trying to see the point of you that shape. biggest musical influences because I can hear a lot of different influences in your recordings so I mean uh, who do you cite as some of the big people that's that influenced you to do what you're doing now I think I'm always remembering people oh yeah them and them and them but uh, I always think of um, Aretha Franklin was a huge influence for me Um, that song think I, I think my mom gave me that Aretha's greatest hits album and I listened to it to the point where she was done with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I really loved Diana Ross and the Supremes. Recent people I've been really inspired by. I love PJ Morton. Okay. I don't know if you've heard his stuff, but he's he's really great. Um, Daniel Caesar sounds really good too. They're in kind of a different vein than we are, but you get these little things from everyone you hear that's really good, right? Diversity is is everything to yeah. me. You know, that's what we do on this show is that we play all the music of Texas. So I'm... I'm a firm believer that you should not just narrow yourself down to that one one genre. That's why I find it silly that there are just, you know, rock stations or country stations. It's like, man, I, you know, I have a palette that's bigger than that, you <laughs> yeah. know. And that's that's why I program this show the way I do, so I can respect that completely. I kind of get the impression that you're like in a unique position making R&B in Austin because I don't get a lot of other music releases that sound like this out of Austin. Surely you're in uh, some company there of people doing things like you do, right? Yeah, I I think that 
the R&B scene, especially when I think back when I was a kid, wasn't very big, but it's blowing up more and more as the city gets bigger, which is part of why the city getting bigger, even though the traffic and you know, finding a place to rent an apartment is much more difficult for me to deal with. That part is so exciting for me because the number of genres are just really expanding, which has been so fun because anytime you can hear more people who are really good in a genre that you really familiarize yourself with, it just makes you better. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, this is all about you, but I mean, do you have some like favorite uh, people in Austin that have a sound similar to yours that maybe I need to look into? (laughs) Well, you played the Black Pumas earlier. We were actually listening to them on the way here. Yeah. Um, And they have such a soulful vocal tone that I really love. Yes. (laughs) No, Alessia Lani, too. I don't know if you've heard her. Yeah. She's popping up. I think that I may have done a telephone interview with her uh, a couple of years ago. So, and that was one of the only other examples that I can think of that I've gotten, you know, um, sent to our station here of anything that even sounds remotely like what you're doing yeah and that's why it just really stuck out and, and was shining to me so oh thank so you so i'm glad you're doing what you're doing very much thank you so much maybe i can change your mind but maybe i can take the time to help you see the other side can understand the moon right if all i cares about the night and never enjoy the light i can't compete if i can complete a full turn around the street on the other side Change the way we're living if we just take what we're given and never prove dishonesty needs exception. Honestly, honest, we all need some honesty in our lives. Opening up our minds to see the fuse on the other side. Uh, you know, as a DJ, I know no one is going to uh, commiserate with me on this, but uh, it gets kind of rough sometimes when you get these stacks of albums that come in, and a lot of them are honestly not that great. I mean, you know, that's the way music goes. Uh, not every every album and, or every song can be a gem. So it's uh, really a treat for me to be able to kind of uh, sift through the rubble and uh, and find something that, that shines like your record. So, uh, Thank you. So, Thanks. I guess I'm I'm gushing a little bit about about, about what you're doing, but uh, I think people need to know about uh, Cassandra Elise and this new record. So you've been uh, putting in your dues through the years, uh, playing showcases. You mentioned earlier you worked on one. I did you play on that cruise ship? Yeah. When, okay. So you've you've been doing your due at things like that and and fundraisers and and everything. But how great did it feel to uh, to finally start putting out? Uh, you know, singles and and now an album of your own. Was that kind of a a milestone that that was everything you hoped it would be? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's it's always more than you imagine it's going to be, right? It's that it's so much more work than you imagine, but it also was a better feeling than I imagined at the same time. Uh, It's on my bucket list, right? I have all these music things on my bucket list. I keep adding to it. It's three pages long, but I'm determined to do it all. But uh, the, uh, (laughs) the album, the first album, the first singles was just this feeling of elation. And of course, leading up to it, I just had this feeling of like, oh, it's not good enough. It's not, I want it to be even better. I want it to be even more that at the same time I was overjoyed. Like, this is perfect. This weird warring kind of feeling. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That is awesome. Well, um, why don't we uh, kind of call out the the people that are uh, that are on the record with you that we just heard playing on that song? Do you want to note who's in the band? I know about uh, Abraham, but who else is in the band? Yeah, so uh, Abraham was on guitar, and then our keys player for the album was John Marshall, who is currently touring with the Black Pumas. Oh yeah, we just heard them earlier. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, and he's also super nice. And he has his own original music. You should definitely check it out, Jerron Marshall. Um, and then we also played with Ezra Broderson on bass. Okay. Um, who went to school with Abraham in Los Angeles, and that's kind of where we met him. And he came into town with his then fiance, and um, he recorded the album with us because he was the first one of the first people we kind of said. Hey, we're doing this thing. What do you think? And he well, said, an, "Okay." An album like this, kind of, really, that's the backbone is the bass. You know yeah. what I mean? Without a good uh, funky bassist, it's nothing. So you, you you chose the right guy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and he's so open to doing anything. Like if we said, oh, "Okay, we want you to slap now," he'll go, "Okay, I'll go home and work on it. Whatever you need, I'll do it." So he's he's amazing. Nice. Um, and then we did drums with our friend uh, Doug Smith which it's so hard to find him. I don't think he has anything online. Okay. Um, but he's uh, kind of this session guy, and he plays out in a bunch of different bands and stuff in Los Angeles. And again, was one of the first people that we had brainstormed with when we were writing these songs. And we had this special connection with these people from having to be so vulnerable and show them our music so yes. early on um, and getting that acceptance from them and that support that we said, if you guys can record this album with us it would mean so much to have that reconnection again of that initial feeling of elation absolutely well there are some uh, fantastic performers uh, on the record uh you co-write all your songs i believe with with the aforementioned uh, guitarist for the band uh, abraham freshwater right Mm -hmm. do your songs tend to kind of evolve i'm just curious about the process do your songs like evolve first from a lyric or a melody it's so it's different every time is it Um, each song has its own way that it was formed quiet was a um partial melody first and then i went to abraham and i said okay i don't know if i can describe this i spent maybe 15 minutes trying to describe it and he said just sing it for me (laughs) um and then you know the song kind of spawned from there um and then sometimes we'll just be kind of jamming and he'll play some chords and we'll say "Ooh, i like that and every time there's an "Ooh, i like that we record it we take it and we set it aside and then we think, how can we expand on this? What does this feel like? What is this emotionally? What does this remind me of? How does this make me feel? Right. Yeah. That's cool. I'm always curious to know uh, the, the process. So, I mean, every uh, every tune on the record you two co-wrote? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Taken was a poem first. Really? Yeah. So that one was, uh, I, I was doing these writing exercises to work on my lyric writing and I thought, well, just let me work on some poetry. And I wrote this poem and one day Abraham was practicing and it just snapped into place. I thought that's exactly what I wanted to capture with that poem. And I went and I looked at it and I said, it needs some work. But we <laughs> we uh, fixed it up and we took that and we put it onto that song. And it has a really amazing meaning for me now because it feels like it's constantly changing what it means since in its initial inception, it was just a poem. I believe that you want to make music that empowers others. Can you kind of elaborate on that? I want when people to hear our tunes to have that personal experience where it 
reminds them of something in their own life, or maybe it comforts them about something that they're not experiencing alone. But at the same time, I want most of our songs to kind of push people to think about what they could change in themselves or what they could accept in others. So in honesty, that was kind of a a call to myself to look at social media and not judge myself every time I look at someone else's social media and go, oh, they're doing so well and their pictures are so great and what am I doing wrong? And that's still something I struggle with. But that song was for me kind of a message to, okay, I can improve myself by not basing my self-worth on something that may or may not be an honest representation of someone else. And I hope that when people hear our songs, they feel the same way. They feel empowered to better themselves and to embrace this, you know, love for themselves and understanding of others. I'm glad that people like you are uh, trying to empower others because there's an awful lot of uh, work being done these days uh, to disenfranchise and disempower people. So uh, good for you. Again, Thank I'm just you. I'm just singing all your praises here today. <laughs> <laughs> I should leave the singing to you because you're way better at that. But I, I am going to sing your praises here in the interview if I can. So uh, you are kind of. Uh, gaining steam in the music biz at what I would say is kind of a weird growing stage with the aspect of the like music streaming and YouTube and everything that's going on. And I always sound like an old man when I talk like this. Uh, I mean, our ages are not that different, but I mean, you, you have uh, just in your lifetime seen how music has, has changed when you were growing up, you know, those albums you were talking about that your mom had you listen to. Somebody actually went out to the record store and bought them. Yes, that's right. <laughs> which was is a relic of an idea these days because most people don't. Well, you can't find a record store anymore, mm-hmm. uh, even though vinyl is hot again. But you literally can't just go out and buy music anywhere. So anyway, the point of what I'm trying to say is that you're kind of coming into this uh, music business at this evolutionary point, I would say. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. so I mean, are you kind of uh, trying to adapt to the changes in music uh, as an emerging artist in your own way? What's your take on all this? Yeah, I mean, I think since it was kind of this dream for me to have CDs as a kid, we wanted to make sure we printed CDs. And we had, you know, worked with this amazing artist, Megan Emery, on getting the cover art. And so in this vision... Yeah, I love the cover art, by the way. thank you. Yeah, she did did an amazing job. She's so great. Um, And in this vision, there was a physical hard copy CD. Yeah. But we also know that most people don't have a CD player, maybe in their car, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Um, So we didn't get a ton of them printed, but what we did was, you know, we started with a small print and we put a digital download card in every CD yeah. with instructions so that, you know, if they go home and they say, oh, great, well, I can only listen to this in my car. How am I supposed to download this now? You can just type in the code and your purchase still means you can listen to it yes. <laughs> on your own at home. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to make sure that we accommodate both sides. We provide all the streaming platforms. We have physical copies. We have download cards. Nice. Just want to please everyone. Doing the best I can. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's a sad uh, reality. I mean, I deal with CDs still a lot as a DJ. Uh, we still get CDs in here. Occasionally, I actually still get vinyl uh, oh, just wow. as a treat. You know, somebody will send over uh, the vinyl copy of their record. But, you know, the other aspect of this, of course, is the whole music streaming. I mean, uh, what's your take on streaming? No, I mean, I think if you look at it realistically, you have to see that any artist who puts their stuff on a streaming service knows that they're probably not going to get a significant chunk of change from that um, unless you're getting a huge number of streams like you said so you have to look at it in a very business aspect sort of way and you have to decide what your music needs to do so if for your band it doesn't work to have your stuff on Spotify then don't do it but for me I look at it as 
more of a promotion. Sure. So that people, when they're in their car and they aren't going to pull up the downloaded songs that they have on their laptop, um, they have another means of listening or they can immediately find me at a show. I know a lot of people will sometimes if they don't see an artist is on one of those streaming platforms, they'll think, oh, well, maybe I won't be able to find them online and it'll just go out of their mind. I want them to have that chance to lock it in in that moment since immediate satisfaction is so right. uh, necessary <laughs> nowadays. Yes. <laughs> so uh, this is our fall pledge drive this week, which is, I thought, a great time to have you in here because uh, public radio is all about letting people discover uh, new names and voices in music like yourself. Are you uh, personally a public radio fan? Oh my gosh, hugely. Yeah, and I, I just think... What you get out of it is so unique. You get news, you get these small programs, things that you would never hear on a normal radio station, you know? These are the stations that provide those unique experiences for you where you would never get it out of a regular station. You would never get to hear stuff outside of the norm on a regular station. You're going to get what they've told them to play, right? Which is, you still can hear and love that music. There's nothing wrong with that music. But if you want to hear something different and you want to discover something, then this is the place to do it. If I'm sending my music out, I'm not sending it to the big stations. I'm not even bothering because I know that they're not going to see it. They're just going to push it off to the side. But I know if I send my music in here to you, you're going to, even if it's a pain in your behind, you're going to take a sec (laughs) and you're going to pull every CD out that gets sent in and you're going to listen to it and you're going to say, I like their story. I like this song. I'm going to give them a chance. And then you're going to take time out of your day to invite me in. You know, that's just such a wonderful, special thing you get out of it. I mean, when you're listening to another radio station and you're getting those commercials, that's you paying with your time and your energy to listen to that radio station. But here you get to just provide a small donation of your choice. It's not predetermined for you. You can pick however much you're comfortable with and you can get this really quality content that's tailored to every you know, region, every area. You're getting really specific stuff that's so unique. I think it's definitely worth just even a few dollars a month can make a huge difference. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find us on our website, CassandraElise.com. That's Cassandra, E-L-E-S-E. Um, we also have Instagram and Facebook and all of that. If you search Cassandra Elise, uh, it's all very accessible through there. Indeed it is. And you can find her uh, tour dates and find out uh, if and when she's going to be performing uh, closer to here, maybe over in Dallas. I've got to have you back uh, sometime soon because this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate your time. Cassandra Elise has been our guest this hour on listener-supported radio for Northeast Texas. This is 88.9 KETR Commerce. 